keep his eye. I tell you what I watched in the weekend. Master and Commander, the far side of the world. What kind of what kind of wanker calls it the far side of the world? It's just Master and Commander, isn't it? The movie's Master and Commander, the far side of the world, because it's two books from that series. It's, yeah. It, they put two books together, both Master and Commander and the far side of the world. All right? Okay? So, Master, Black, great movie. <laughs> Have you seen that movie, Mesh? No. We haven't. should get you to watch movies yeah, again. Yeah, we should get you to watch that, at least. It might help you. Yeah. It's, it to show you what real... It's become really, really popular. When it came out, it only grossed about $200 million. Um, uh, Russell Crowe, directed by Peter Weir, um, about um, uh, in the Napoleonic Wars, uh, a British Navy ship chasing down a ship they call the Phantom, pesting around the Galapagos Islands. That sounds quite good. I'd love, um, I'd love really freaking violent. And Russell Crowe, just in a classic Russell Crowe performance. Yeah. Um, so good, but it's become really popular for... Um, Millennial and Gen Z because it's it represents male relationships oh. in, in a in a way that aren't represented anymore. You know, like because there's not a there's nary a woman in the entire movie, not a single woman. There's one woman when they they go to the coast of um, Brazil and they're picking up some stuff, some supplies, and then um, Russell Crowe raises an eyebrow at a at a native. But that's Can, about the only. Someone one. tell me what the attraction was to being on a naval ship, because you know when they with their battles, yeah. They like they'd swing around, right? Yeah, and they'd sort of end up facing each other. I guess you didn't have motors, so the sailing was a big part of it. Yeah, the well, ability they, to move around and stuff. Well, they talk about that a lot. Who's got the advantage with the wind? Because you're coming into a, you know you talk about match racing now with America's Cup and such like, and that was really important because you had to get into a position to swing around and 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 the where your cannons were facing them. Yeah. So you'd, if you you went up back and you the first one that swung around and go pow, 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 smash them to pieces, it was it was pretty full on, so incredibly violent as well because the, those cannonballs that came in they they had lots of um, shrapnel in them so they explode and just fire bits of metal all through the boat. Oh, it does not look like a good time to me. I've got to say I, I just don't. Where was where was the advantage in going on a naval ship? Like you were going to die. Well, the weird thing is like so. There were little kids on the boats as well because yeah. you'd send someone into the Navy if you were like a lord or something. Like, you know, in Master and Commander, which is very accurate, like they built the two boats that they built and they built exactly so they sailed to the specifications of the original boats. So they're exactly the same. And to the point where they built them and refitted it because the, the boat that the British Navy that um, Russell Crowe's on uh, was stolen from the French, but then refitted as a British boat. So they did that. They did the same thing. They they built it from the French designs and then refitted it. In, in incredibly accurate, but so is the crew incredibly accurate. And so, you know, you got these little kids, and because of their station in life, they'd be like commanders. Yeah, they'd be they'd telling be, these guys what to do. do yeah. that these, these, and they're 14. The, 14. So you would send your kid, like you'd be really, really wealthy, and you'd send your kid to be out there because a naval was so important. But people believed back then... In something, so they believed in the English um, Empire, and they believed in the, you know, the British Empire. They believed in, um, in the cause that you went out and you fought, because you were at risk. Like France was, was France sailed a freaking boat up the uh, Thames and fired a bunch of shit at um, the palace at uh, the Tower of London. Like they were at serious threat of invasion all the time. It was a serious war going on there. Eh? So you, you know, it's very different in those times, isn't it? Tell you what, they believed in sodomy and the lash. 
Did they? Oh, yeah. Marky Desard wasn't a sailor, mm. was he? <laughs> he spent some time on a boat. Did he? Yeah, I'd say so. Really? Um, yeah, but... I my- wouldn't have not liked to have gone on one of those boats that was not... And I definitely watching Master and Commander, I was like, this looks like a really bad time to me. But there was a lot of bad times to be had back then, you know? My yeah, t- but there were bad times to be had, but they weren't on... Like, boats seemed to be the worst of it. Yeah. What was what was good about it? But but people that went on the boats, right, they would then Die. not like to be off the boats. Like well, they died, f- generally, didn't they? No. I mean, you had... I mean, the chances of running into another boat was pretty minimal. You know, those fights that they had. Often they'd be just pestering around, making sure they were there. Uh, uh, I don't know what the casualty rate was, but also you could get lashed to pieces. And there's one point when someone commits suicide on the boat, and people are always falling over the edge. I think one of the problems was, you know, now if you see what the America's Cup sailors wear on the boat, they've got those helmets and they've got those lycra outfits, um, and they're wearing life jackets. These guys were wearing like suits mm. with jackets and frilly shirts and pantaloons and big boots. And a stupid big hat. Yeah, would it kill them to actually have a hat that actually shaded you from the sun? I was shooting this, um, I was, uh, you know, out, just outside of uh, bloody Walkworth, there's that cement works. And I was shooting a ye oldy situation in a boat there. And I was in a rowboat and it was getting things blown up on it. And uh, stuntman Randy Campbell was riding a bike on a ramp and he was sm- he's smashing into the boat. Um, but it was actually. It was a ye oldie version of it, so it was his great-grandfather. So we were all in the old ye oldie gear. And I got hit by the bike and went over the back of the ship. And because I was wearing all the ye oldie gear, I just went straight down. Like, because we had the stuff from the costume shop. It was so heavy. immediately got wet, and I was just going down, and I could see the water above me. And I was just fighting to get this jacket off and all the stuff off to, to swim up. It was one of the most terrifying moments of my entire life. Because, you know, you just think if you're going to go off the boat, you're just going to float. Yeah, but I just went down like a fucking rock. It yeah, was it's freaking terrifying. Never think, okay, let's make these clothes kind of super light, super easy. Yeah. Although they did use. To, when did they bring in the stripy kind of t-shirt thing? Yeah. When was that? Yeah. Well, I think there was a bit of that for the people that were, you know, like the able seamen. You know, if you're just an able seaman, as opposed to you know a captain or a first mate or something, you know. But also, I also read this thing about those back in those days. They didn't really learn to swim. No, shouldn't they? So, so when you went over, you were like, no well, swimming lessons. No, no swimming lessons. So people that went over didn't really know how to swim. Well, they didn't know how to read. No. So they didn't know how to do anything really. I mean, they knew how to do stuff, practical stuff. They knew to do knew knew, knew how to do much so much stuff because I showed this to my son and he was saying, me and my I made my sons watch it with me and they loved it. But they were like, going, it's cool because they get blown up at the start of the you know the French ship smashes the crap out of them at the start. And because it's all made out of wood, you can go and get some wood, and they're all carpenters. Like heaps of the people oh, on the yeah. boat are the carpenters. So you can, you know, if you crash a car now, you can't, <laughs> you know, you can't just put it back together. No, well, that was the whole idea of New Zealand, wasn't it? There were there were lots of trees to fix masts and stuff. So when when early early settlers arrived, yeah. I'm talking late 1700s, then it was super easy to yeah pest in there, and they were like, oh, this is actually quite good. We can build more masts. We can repair what, boats. What, what do you think it would be better, the mighty tortora, tortora, mm-hmm. or yeah. the kauri? for masts? Yeah, because I, I think the kakatea was the one for masts, wasn't it? Because well, they were just so straight. All the a lot yeah. of the trees here just grew straight. Yeah, I think up, so I they could make a good mast I'm out of it. I'm pretty sure the kakatea, which was like which they called a, pine. Did they call it a spar. 
what was the name or a spear? A sp- There's another the name that they called for it that they pull, pull into New Zealand to grab. A, 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 a. Names of ships, mast, ye oldie days, old times. Um, a spa, yeah, they called it a spa. A hot spring spa? Yeah, they called it a hot spring spa. The Blacklash hot spring spa. So there, there was no showering, obviously, on board a boat. Well, there's a bit in Musk of Manda, the far side of the world, where it starts to rain after they've been becalmed for a while and everyone gets pretty excited and runs around and gets all gets all clean. Because you run out of water. Yeah, you run out of water. That's why you didn't have water, though. You, you drank um, wine and rum. Yeah, yeah. People are quite drunk a lot of the time. Um, De- dangerously dehydrated, but you just learn to be dehydrated all the time. Yeah. What they used to do is they'd nip past the Galapagos Islands and they'd pick, pink, pick up a bunch of Galapagos tortoises, right? Mm-hmm. And they just put them on their backs. Oh yeah. And then they'd let the water splash over. So it was like it was like preserved meat, and you'd yeah, eat them eat, eat, eat them as a go. So you just have fifty Galapagos turtles just on their back, going, "Fuck, this sucks." Imagine a hangover though in seventeen sixty, because you'd be hung. There's no Panadol or Nurofen. Yeah. So, and you'd have terrible hangovers because you couldn't. Obviously, the booze is pretty probably quite intense. And then, what happened? Like you just have a headache for the whole day that would be enough to drive you away from drink wouldn't it yeah it was weird no because relief. they assumed that you needed booze on the boats to make them operate and then you know we've talked about this before just before world war one the american army just banned all booze from boats because they just did the math on it they say it turns out having everyone drunk. fucking steamed the whole time yeah is not leading to advantageous outcomes yeah when alcoholics are running the navy which they were, <laughs> then you will tend to find alcohol on boats, eh? That's the thing. Yeah. But then when sober people start to run uh, return services, then all yeah. of a sudden, yeah, they work out, and actually this whole alcoholic thing's not so useful. Yeah, like I mean... And we're back. Um, Captain's quarters look pretty good on those boats. Yeah. Captain's quarters are right, but not great when a, a um, cannonball went through and unleashed all its um, shrapnel around about. No. That really fucked things up. Um, yeah, so in, t- in 1914, Secretary of the Navy, Joseph Joe Daniels, banned alcohol. So that's why we call coffee a cup of Joe because I was so fucked off. They're like, okay, I guess I'll have a cup of fucking Joe instead of booze, instead of their rum rations. But they, they thought alcohol could do a lot of stuff it couldn't do back in the day. Like, you remember those St. Bernards? They used to send out. Um, to, for people that were like stuck in the, in snowstorms, and yeah, stuff. with a barrel underneath their there was chest. a barrel of brandy. Yep, and so and so they thought, oh yeah, the first thing you need, the first thing you need to get to someone that's in danger was some booze. That's how that's how great they thought booze was. And it turns out having a because you do feel better, so you can see the logic of it. Because if you are feeling bad and you have some booze, you feel better. Mm-hmm. So like from a very basic medical perspective, that kind of makes sense. But apparently. I mean, booze before surgery makes you bleed a lot more. Mm-hmm. Booze when you've got hypothermia makes you die a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it, though. Yeah. I see what they're up to there. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other part of it that I wouldn't have liked on the ship is uh, having, like, my limbs amputated with a saw. Yeah. Without any anaesthetic. Yeah, well, there wasn't any anaesthetic yet. No. So, yeah, that was pretty punishing. Um, Ooh. So what they used to do is they used to tie it up really tight they had those mm. belts eh? mm-hmm. and then they'd cut all the 
muscle away, yep. and then they'd saw through the bone, yep. and then they'd have just a hot iron like thing, like an, an, an iron, but we put in, and then they'd just go. And that would that would kill all the bacteria or anything, hopefully that was in there. It wouldn't, because most people I think would probably die of those injuries. Yeah. A lot of peg legs operating in those days. A lot of peg legs, a lot of one armed individuals. Um, there was also they were lucky, eh, to get through those surgeries without infection. Like yeah. you think about a one armed person, yeah. And you, because infection was the main cause of death. Yeah, because humans. Because back then, doctors would leave their, um, you know, their uh, their scrubs. Yeah, they wouldn't scrub their scrubs. Nah, because a doctor with more blood on his um, apron was considered a more experienced doctor because he'd done more operations. So basically, the guy with, who's much more likely to give you blood poisoning was the guy you were going for. But there's an interesting thing. They try and do some brain surgery on this boat. And these are very accurate movies. And like someone would get some snaps, sh- sh- like their head smashed up. And so they'd, they'd put bits of metal in the, back into the head and sew it in. And then these people would come out and they'd just be crazy for the rest of their life. Just going, but you could still get them to scrub the deck. So they were worth keeping, you know. Um, yeah, the, the ship's surgeon, that was a pretty, a pretty grim job, I reckon. There was always a surgeon on there, and uh, yeah, all of it was pretty grim. I think. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, I think being at sea was grim. I think, and you might think, well, being anywhere in the in sort of the seventeen hundreds, eighteenth century was, was grim. But if you were like a peasant on a farm, right? Yeah, that was a pretty good life. Yeah, it's pretty good life. You you just sort of tended your fields, you hung out a little bit, you had a bit of stuff to eat. Well, I, I read this history on it. This Oliver Berkman wrote this stuff about it, and there were. 190 saints days for peasants. Yeah. So they had 190 days off a they year. They didn't have weekends though, did they? No, they had weekends. Oh, they had weekends. Yeah, so that's including weekends, but they were like, you know, because you couldn't, and they worked about five hours a day. Yeah. And 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 because the lords of the manor were really religious as well, like they would never, ever make you work on a saint's day. So there's actually this really description of what the day was, and it was like you sort of get up around dawn, you sort of pissed around, then then you have a, like a lunch. And then you lunch, and then they'd have a few drinks in the afternoon, and then they'd go back and maybe till some fields for a little bit more, and then, then they'd then they'd go home and drink a bit more in the peasants' yard. But like you couldn't do anything at night because it was too dark. They didn't work eight hours. That's for no, sure. shit, no. no. See, I would have rather done that than be on a ship. Yeah. And people say, yeah, but you get to see the world on a ship, and the, the adventure. Yeah, and uh, bugger that. Literally buggered. Bugger that. that. But people wouldn't, would have never left their village, eh? That was no. the other thing. You no. might have gone to a village a few villages away, but people just hardly strayed from where they were. Yeah. That's right. They reckon like ancestors would generally, would like you'd go a thousand years and, and your ancestors wouldn't move two kilometres from your <laughs> village. Pretty much. Things have changed now. Shit, yeah. Like me, for example, on Friday going to Paris. So how much of our genetics and the reason that we're living to like way longer than we've ever lived. And I know there's theories now around the fact that this is going to be the first generation they're not going to live as long as their parents or whatever. Yeah. I'm not, I don't necessarily believe that. Well, it's just obesity is the real killer. Yeah. There was no one obese back in the day. Self-inflicted crap. Okay, yeah. that's all good. But generally, I reckon people are going to live longer. Yeah. Especially with medical advances. Yeah. So how much of that to do is, as well as with genetic diversity that's going on now? Because there's more genetic diversity on the earth than ever before. Yeah, that's got to help. It's got to help. Absolutely got to help. You, oh, breeding between um, people from different areas is what you, that is the best thing you can do. Yeah. Worst thing you can do is breeding with your sisters. Terrible. 
is that you're talking about that from experience no not from experience but the worst thing you can do in terms of having real deliverance style freaks coming out and playing um the banjo ding 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 like that's a real freaking disaster having those yeah yeah you better to breathe with your brother oh that's fine yeah little poo baby it's fine all right okay on that note okay okay then all right okay all right on the on the other podcast yeah, today, what, what happened? Because if you didn't if you didn't like that, I don't know why Maybe you wouldn't like that. If you, if you didn't <laughs> like that, unsubscribe. If you didn't like that, you might have missed something from our other show, the Matt and Jerry Highlights Pod. Yeah, uh, we have a huge hole in Ireland. Oh, it doesn't get any better, does it? No, it doesn't. It's that massive hole in Ireland that we look into. Yeah, uh, we put a wig on Christopher Luxon. Well, that's no good on an audio pod. No, it, <laughs> it was pretty funny though. We funny. put this wig on him. He looked quite good. He looked really young. He did actually. Um, and much of the top shelf booze in my liquor cabinet has become very watery. We look into it for a science, scientific explanation why whole bottles of vodka would um, suddenly turn into water. Mm-hmm. I've asked my teenage sons, they don't know anything about it. And it's time to get ready for summer. So, what are the four pillars of exercise? We, 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 we look into that. So, if you didn't like this podcast, then good luck. Then there's some good stuff on that other one. Good luck to you. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay, then. Okay. All right. You seem busy. All right.